with that, I'd like to say a very big welcome to this new episode of Value Nigeria podcast. Um, in fact, this is the 42nd episode that we'll be having so far this year. And this indeed is the last episode for the year. It's been a wonderful journey right from the very first day we decided to start this podcast. I owe a very big gratitude to everyone listening to this podcast out there. Thank you very much for all the feedback you've sent in via one means or the other. You guys are the real stars. Thank you very, very, very much. I remember when the idea for this podcast came in, I never envisaged it to be it will grow this much and have the amount of following that we have today. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. I've spent the last couple of weeks looking back at my investing practice over the year, over the past two years precisely, and um, trying to draw lessons, trying to see areas in which I got things right and areas in which I failed woefully. And it's really been a humbling experience if, if there's one thing I can say about my experience so far, it's that I'm very grateful for the journey, um, the journey I've been on. And I, I just want to spend today's episode just sharing a little bit about the journey, about my investing journey so far, how it started, where I am now, and hopefully where I hope to be in the next couple of years or in the next over the next decade. I hope I don't bore you all in today's episode, but um, we are going somewhere. Just um, bear with me as we journey there together. My investing journey started in 2007. I was still in medical school then, and um, I was really hungry and passionate to learn about investing, to put my money to work. And I scraped all my savings together and started buying shares. The very first share I bought in my life was Transcorp, the public offer. We bought at 7 naira 50 kobo. I still have those shares today. Um, I bought 1,000 units. <laughs> I still have those 1,000 units today. The only reason I've not sold it is because it's marked. It's, it's a landmark in my in my life, and I'll always look back at that 1,000 units and remind myself that okay, this is the very first share I bought in any company. So that was how my journey started: scraping all my savings together, pocket money here and there, saving things, and learning to invest. Unfortunately for me, I came into the market at a point where the market was almost at the peak of the bull. Uh, so 2007, 2008, we all know what happened. Market rose to, um, I think the all share index got to almost 60-something thousand. It was a very crazy bull market. Everybody and anybody started investing. And obviously, we know how that ended. It never ends well. And that ended in a big crash. And with that crash, um, I lost interest in investing and I just went back to living my normal life. So I entered the hiatus of almost a decade where I never invested. I never did anything about investing. I only got back to investing in 2019. And the reason for that was just because I got a better job. I was earning a little more and I just felt, okay, this little extra that I now have probably I should go back to my investing. And I went back to investing in 2019. And between 2019 till now, I have really, really developed. It's really obvious that my practice has really, really improved. And I'm grateful for that journey so far. In fact, it is not down to skill at all. It's not as if I know something that everyone else doesn't. Um, everything I say is just basic knowledge. There are things that every everybody should know or every investor should know. 
But um, I would say providence and luck has been quite on my side. Coming in, back into the market in 2019, that was the best time to come into the market because that led up to the crash of um, March in 2020. And um, since I had already actively begun participating in the markets prior to that crash, it was a very opportune time for me to be able to buy a lot of companies at rock-bottom prices. I was just lucky to have come back into the market at that point. Providence worked for me, and I'm grateful to God for that experience. Between 2020 and the end of this year, which is 2021, it's been a very big learning experience for me. Aside from actively investing, I've also invested in myself as well by buying lots of books about investing and reading quite widely about investing. In that two-year period, I've read well over 35, almost 40 books, which translates to about one book every three weeks. It's been a powerful learning experience for me. In fact, the, the amount of books I have unread is actually much more than the books that I have read. Um, I read something in the week where someone talked about the process of learning, that the more you learn about a subject, the more you realize that you don't know enough. The more books that you've read about a subject, the more books that you should own that you haven't actually read. So this has been my experience with that. Um, I have a ton of books waiting for me to read, and I'm thoroughly excited by the journey so far. Thank you very much for being a part of that this journey of being a part of this success story. This week, I, I just want to share the highs and lows for me as in my personal practice of investing. What are the lessons I've learned, particularly in 2021? What are my mistakes that I have identified so far? And what are the things that I feel I have done right so far, even in the year? Um, now, before just before I get to talk about that, I just want to share, generally, there are two types of mistakes that one may commit or one may make. The first is mistakes of omission. And in this kind of mistakes, like particularly investing, what this means is that you, make, you made a mistake by not buying a company that you ought to have bought or by not selling a company that you ought to have sold. For one reason or the other, maybe the company didn't meet up with all your stringent criteria. You ended up not buying that company. Or for one reason or the other, you held on to a company longer than you should have. So that's a mistake of omission. So the second type of mistakes are mistakes of commission. In this type of mistakes, you are, you are buying a company that you shouldn't have bought. Okay, So maybe a company that haven't hasn't ticked all your boxes a company that doesn't meet all your stringent criteria but for one reason or the other you've ended up buying that company so you have committed an error you have committed some money into a wrong venture so that's a mistake of commission or you have sold the wrong company maybe you had a company in your portfolio and you ended up selling it for all the wrong reasons okay so that's a so you have you have committed an error in that in that regard. So two types of mistakes, as we have said, mistakes of omission, where you omit a company for not meeting your criteria, and mistakes of commission, in which you have ushered in a company into your portfolio that has not met all your stringent criteria. As value investors, we make a lot of errors of omission 
a lot. And the reason for this is because we have very stringent criteria. You may see one company or the other that is really nice, that is really good, but it doesn't meet all your criteria. And due to this, you end up missing out on that company or you don't buy that company. And the company goes up maybe 1x, 2x, 3x. And you think to yourself, oh God, I should have bought that company. If I had known, I should have bought it. That's a mistake of omission. We are happy to commit those kind of errors, okay? So we, as value investors, we let go of the good in our pursuit for the great. So I'm happy to commit errors of omission. However, by the type of investing that value investors do, errors of commission ought to be minimal, okay? And that's just because we have a lot of criteria, we have a lot of checklists, and due to that, we filter off a lot of companies. And before a company can enter into our portfolio, it must have met a good number of criteria. So it's easier for a value investor to commit errors of omission than it is to commit errors of commission. Okay. Now, I'm just going to go over my 2021, um, just reviewing my investment decisions in the year. I would like to share the errors I've made or the mistakes I made in 2021. The first mistake I admit I made was missing out on Vitafoam PLC. A couple of friends drew Vitafoam PLC to my attention um, sometime in the year and um, their earnings were going up, things were looking good and they were like, oh, Vitafoam is a good company, let's buy, maybe we should consider buying and at that point, Vitafoam was probably selling at about 6 naira, 7 naira, thereabouts. I took a look at the financials of Vitafoam and um, read a couple of their annual reports. And the CEO, the MDCEO of the company talked about, you know, the improvements in the company and why the improvements were coming up. And he mentioned cost cutting, that they were cutting a lot of costs and that has improved their bottom line. And I looked at their revenues over the past couple of years. There was no significant increase in the revenues. However, costs had gone down significantly and profits have, had gone up as a reason of that. And I thought to myself, I said, this profitability, this new firm profitability is not sustainable. There's only an extent to which you can cut costs. Um, inflation will always be up. Inflation is high. You can't cut your cost beyond how inflation is spiking up, and I decided against buying Vitafoam. That was a very good decision. It was the right decision at that point in time. I don't regret that decision. However, um, over the next couple of quarters, we saw quite a lot of increase in the revenue of um, Vitafoam. They seemed to be increasing their revenue and increasing their bottom line almost at the same pace. And that left me wondering, at that point... I probably should have reviewed my thesis and looked at the situation again to see, okay, now it's not just about cost cutting. Now they are making more money. Is this profitability sustainable? And at that point, the answer might have been yes. And I might have been able to buy Vitafoam. At that point, it probably was about 10 Naira or something. But I made the mistake of not reassessing the situation, of being rigid, of being anchored, to my initial thesis and uh, we all know the story Vitafoam today is probably about 22 naira so that was a big mistake on my part which I admit my initial thesis or my initial thoughts were absolutely spot on however 
subsequently, when the story changed, when the situation changed, I ought to have reviewed the situation and reassessed my decision. In hindsight, yes, I agree. That was a big error that I made in 2021. Um, the second error that I'll just like to talk about that I made in 2021 was um, I bought shares in Ecobank Trans International, that's ETI. It, it formed a very good part of my portfolio. It was more of a risky bet. I looked at the company, they had dropped from their peak of you know 20, 21, 22 naira many years ago dropped all the way down to 3 naira 90 kobo, which is the lowest, I think, that they got to. And um, I bought that company at about 4 naira, 4 naira 30 kobo. That was my first entry price. I bought a few more tranches. Anyway, the, the error was that I looked at my portfolio. I 100% believed in the thesis of Ecobank, and I was happy to hold on for a very long period of time, you know, until my thesis played out. It was more of a play about reversion to the mean. I just felt the company was really good. And despite the fact that they've had some drawback and they've had some major declines, I expected them to rectify the situation and to revert back to an average price, which is well above the price at which I bought it. I, however, grew a little bit impatient. Um, holding the company for so long, there were no change in price. It was just, you know, lagging behind and sort of drawing my portfolio back. Out of impatience, I sold about a third, that's about 33% thereabout of my holdings, uh, to buy something else, which has done pretty well. Um, I had good reasons to sell. Or I, I felt I was too exposed to a risky play by staking a huge part of my portfolio in just a reversion to the main play, which was why I sold. However, if I'm being truthful, the major reason I sold was because I was just impatient and um, tired of seeing it holding back my portfolio. Looking back, ETI has since moved from the price I bought it to about, and possibly about nine naira there about now. So it's moved quite a lot. Um, I'm still very much undecided if that was really a mistake or if that was the right thing to have done. To be honest, I think I sold that stake, or I sold a third of my stake in ETI just due to impatience. So I'm still learning to be patient myself. I'm not perfect. There's still a lot of room for improvement, particularly with myself. So I'm, I'm, I'm working on that, I, and I hope you are doing the same as well. Now, moving on to the good side, what are my wins, or what are the good things that I feel I've achieved in 2021? The first is that I've been able to hold on to my winners, unlike my practice before, which is, you know, buy, the minute it goes up, you sell, you know, take your profit. I've, I've moved beyond that now. I'm now much more able to hold on to my winners. Throughout my 2021, I only sold one equity. I only sold one stick uh, in my portfolio, and that's the Ecobank Transinternational stick that I talked about earlier. So I've been much more capable of holding on to my winners, sitting on my winners and just letting them play out, not disturbing my portfolio. Um, so this is a big win for me. Many years ago, I couldn't have done this, but I'm happy that I'm growing and I've been able to do this effortlessly. My next, or oh, the second thing I'm 
I classify as a win in this year was, you know, buying the EcoBank Trans International stick in the first place. It's a company that I did quite a lot of research into. I did quite a lot of background checks in, and I was very convinced that they would revert to the mean. I looked at a lot of things, annual reports over past decade or so, looked at, you know, the management. Aside from EcoBank Nigeria, there's EcoBank in about 28 other countries across Africa. I spent a lot of time looking at all those and, you know, did a lot of research. And I ended up being very convinced of that stick, of buying a stick in that bank, which I did. And it has definitely paid off. At the minute, my EcoBank stick is up about 70% from where I bought it from, which is quite a good thing. And I'm still sitting tight on it. I still believe there's quite a long way to go with that. So those are just a couple of things that I wanted to share with you on this week's episode of the podcast. I hope that makes a difference even to you in your personal practice as well. Feel free to share with me if you feel you've made any mistakes, mistakes that you've made or lessons you've learned, the good things you've been able to do in 2021. Just send me an email. I'll be happy to read them and, um, you know, happy to share in your success story and in your learning. Now, just as we begin to wind down this episode or and this year on the podcast, literally, I would just like to tell you what to expect, hopefully in the coming year. We've had 42 episodes of the podcast so far. In 2022, I hope to do quite a lot of interviews. I hope I can get all the speakers, everybody I've sent an invite to. Um, I hope to have quite a lot of guests on the show to get other perspectives, to learn from other people. So it shouldn't just be me doing the talking here. Um, let's learn from other people. What's their approach? How do they approach investing? How do they analyze companies? That way we can learn from another perspective and improve our practice as well. I'm also aiming that um, in 2022, we'll do lots of portfolio reviews. So from time to time, I'll share companies in my portfolio, what I presently hold, the percentages I hold them in, why I have those companies, and my the reasons for my buying them. So I hope to do that more in 2022. I also hope to do quite a lot of practical company analysis in the year. In this year, we only had an analysis about Fidelity Bank. Um, we, that was a two-part episode on how to analyze banks and an analysis on Fidelity Bank. So in 2022, I hope to do much more of that. And then hopefully in 2022 as well, I hope to get much more feedback from you, the listeners, hear your perspective on things, um, share share more of letters, maybe emails from listeners with everyone else just to learn one or two things and hopefully just get better engagement from you, the listeners. So let's make 2022 a uh, uh, year. I hope and pray that you know the year brings a lot of greens to our portfolios and a lot of positive learnings to us all. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for being a part of my 2021 you guys are simply amazing. Thank you very much. Share the podcast with anyone else that you feel needs to listen to it. And see you same time next week in 2022 by the special grace of God. Do have a lovely week ahead. Compliments of the season. Merry Christmas and have a beautiful new year ahead. <laughs>
拜。